think that there's a lot to be said for growth. I think there's also a lot to be said for just being happy with where we are and what we've created in our life. And gratitude is one of the personal practices that I write about in my book as a personal practice that transforms you into a wealthy person, the person you want to be who has the life that you want to live. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome back to the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski. Today, we have Holly Morphew on the show, who is an award-winning financial coach based in Denver, Colorado. She is the founder of Financial Impact, a specialized financial coaching practice that helps entrepreneurs and professionals create personal wealth and financial independence. A pioneer in the personal finance industry, Holly's work has been featured in Forbes, Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, Femme Founder, and more. Host of the Wealth Trifecta podcast, Holly's professional background in finance, real estate investing, and entrepreneurship are the foundation of Financial Impact's transformational programs. Her book, Simple Wealth, was on Bankrate's top 10 personal finance books of 2022 and is a number one bestseller on Amazon in nine categories, including personal finance, wealth management, credit repair, personal transformation, real estate, and women in business. Holly began teaching personal finance in 2006 as a service project with Rotary International and received the prestigious Rotarian of the Year Award for her work in financial literacy. She has also been recognized for bridging the gap for outstanding work in private practice as an accredited financial counselor. Holly has a BA from the University of Colorado in international affairs in Japanese with a minor in business. Today, Holly speaks, coaches, and writes about money, personal transformation, and creating a life of design. She loves to hike 14ers, watch the sunrise, and hang with dogs. Holly, I love that bio. It makes me that much more excited for our combo today. You have just a tiny bit of experience in building wealth and personal finance, just like a little bit. So I'm super excited to um, have this conversation with you today. And thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Kat. It is such an honor to be here. I'm really excited to talk with you today and just talk about money. It's something that we don't talk about enough, in my opinion. And my experience is that a confused mind says no. And a lot of people are out there confused about not just money and how to manage it, but like, how do I make work a choice one day? And how do I feel confident and empowered when it comes to money? Or how do I make money fun? So that's what I love to talk about. 
Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. And I even love some of the things in your bio, like you, um, it said creating a life of design. That's something that I talk a lot about too, is like building your life by design of like living exactly how you want to live and being able to support that. And money is such a key piece in that, in that equation, you know, we can do what we love. We can be happy, but we also need to bring in money and support our lives and be able to do the things that we want to do and afford the luxuries that will make us feel good and give back and all of those things. So money is such an important topic. And it's also one that women and people in general may kind of want to avoid or skirt around or try to solve on their own and not bring other people into it and not talk openly about it. So it's so important to have these conversations. And I would love to hear from you just how your passion grew. Like I know, of course, from reading your bio that you have a long extensive history in finance over the years, but what has made you so passionate in this journey? Like what has really stuck out in your personal journey throughout this process? Like, do you have a story with money um, yourself that you went through? Like, how did you get to this point? Oh my gosh. I am on my own wealth journey and that's why I started my own podcast is because I realized that I don't want to be alone in this, you know, quest for let's call it fulfillment. Because truly when I was writing my book, Simple Wealth, and I was doing research for it, I discovered that the origin of the word wealth comes from the English root welle, which means a state of good fortune, welfare, and happiness. So mm -hmm. it can be said that true wealth is the convergence of these three things. And that's definitely been my experience on my own wealth journey. You know, I'm many years past my first, let's call it an awakening when it came to money and the way we, we teach or don't teach money in, in our culture. And what I've discovered is that wealth is a spectrum and it doesn't matter where you start on your wealth journey. All that matters is that you start. And in my case, I started with $67,000 of credit card debt at a time that I was living paycheck to paycheck and not because I was stupid or not because I was irresponsible, but just because life happens. And truly I wasn't looking at my money and being intentional with my money, which is a whole nother, you know, when we get into abundance, it's like awareness truly is the seed of transformation. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's where my journey began was in a state of let's call it scarcity or crisis. And this is before I even discovered, you know, abundance, um, abundant thinking or an abundant mindset or the, what, how transformational personal practices could be in my own life. And I was working 60 to 70 hours a week in real estate. I come from a real estate family. You know, my, we talked about money at the dinner table. My dad's an entrepreneur, you know, my mom's the real estate investor. And so my experience around money growing up was that it was, it was neutral and it wasn't something to be feared. And I always felt comfortable around money, but that was just one piece of it. And it was my own personal experience with, you know, I had done all the things that I was taught to do to be successful and happy, you know, like I got the good grades and I went to school and um, I got the job and I was a, a fairly high earner right out of the gate at a young age. And I was proud of that. And so I bought a house and it was empowering for me. Because, you know, I, my good friend moved in and I, she paid super cheap rent, but it was helping me pay my mortgage. And I was like, oh, you know, why aren't more people doing this? And as I started to ask the question, that's when I realized that my own experience around money was different. And so that's what led to 
me teaching personal finance at local high schools. I, I went to my Rotary Club, which I was a member of, and I said, hey, I have this idea for a service project. What if I go to local high schools and teach young adults about money before they graduate and get in the real world and start making a lot of the mistakes that I saw a lot of my friends making simply because they weren't educated or simply because yes. they were in fear. And so that's how I started teaching personal finance. But even though I understood how money worked, that doesn't mean that I was actually applying the principles to my life because I was just getting into being an adult, you know, like I was just starting to learn what it means to be an adult. And I was at this job, you know, my office was 40 miles from my house and I drove a Honda Accord and we had three back-to-back snowstorms in Colorado where I live. And I just remember thinking that morning, you know, if I go to work, I'm going to be risking my life to go to a job that I don't like to pay bills, to sustain this life that really here I am, you know, society says that I'm successful because I've got the job and the house and the car and, you know, all the things, but mm-hmm. like, I was not successful and happy. <laughs> I just, wasn't. yes. And so I did make it to work that day and home. And that's when I decided to actually face my finances because I knew that like I had financial anxiety. It was this thing that was like always in the back of my head and kind of like the devil on my shoulder. And there was always more month than money. And I was always waiting to get paid before I could pay my bills. And so when I added up my credit card debt that night, that's when I discovered I had five figure debt. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll call my financial advisor tomorrow. Surely he'll be able to help me. And he, the next morning I called him. And the first thing he asked after listening was how much more money do you want to invest? And that was my light bulb moment. That was my awakening, which was, wow, even my financial advisor, the person who's supposed to be able to help me with my money cannot help me out of this situation that I'm in, which is ultimately, I just wanted more freedom and choices in my life. Mm. And so that's where it started. And I just got really, um, committed to learning everything I could about debt elimination, passive income, entrepreneurship, wealth management. And I created a system. I applied it to my personal finances. Three years later, I was totally debt-free. Shortly after that, I had money in the bank. Then in my thirties, I became financially independent. Today, I have 11 streams of income And I love teaching money because it truly is so simple. It is so simple once you know what to do. It's 20% strategy and the strategy is important and it's 80% mindset. And once I learned that, you know, my, my expansion on the wealth spectrum, it, it went at a rapid pace. And so that's what, you know, that's what brings me here today to just have so much joy and um, excitement around how many people are going to hear this conversation and say, yeah, there are some things that I can do today to make my business more profitable or my personal finances more, um, more simple and feel really good. There's so many things that you said that I'm like, ah, like I love all of this. Um, I'm going to first say the last one, because it was just the most fresh of what you just said. And this was one of the questions that I was kind of thinking with you, where you do have more of um, a background that's not necessarily in like the mindset. I think sometimes we see so much about money mindset and people think, oh, that's woo woo. No, I just need to put my head down and grind and I need to like 
learn the strategy and I need to like follow this rule book and everything will work out and make me wealthy. And I just need to save, save, save and never spend money and hoard all my money and all of these things. Um, and I think sometimes, I don't think very many of the listeners here are thinking that the mindset is not a key piece because in this, in this world, it very much is. But um, that's one of the things I was going to ask you is what do you see the mindset? Like how much of the mindset do you feel is playing a role in building wealth and financial freedom? And you said right there, 80%. Um, what do you like, as far as the money mindset, where do you see the majority of people getting tripped up on the mindset? Unworthiness, mm-hmm. unworthiness and not believing in one's ability to create the um, the business of your dreams or Mm -hmm. the job that you love or go for that next raise or, um, show the world your, your value and your worth. And that all comes from beliefs and truly our money beliefs are formed before age seven. And a lot of Mm -hmm. times before we're even verbal. And as you know, in the work that you do, and I just love what you're doing in the world cat, because this stuff is really important and energy, like or money, like anything else is energy. Mm -hmm. And so once we can, once we can see clearly what money is, which is truly just something that we've made up and understand that we can call in whatever kind of life and lifestyle that we desire from ourselves, And it does start with what is it that you desire? And Mm -hmm. that's, that's, what's been a big learning for me, especially at this point in my life, you know, I've been on my wealth journey now for, you know, almost 20 years and I had some really big dreams for myself. You know, I did used to have a full-time job and I always wanted to work for myself, but I also didn't want to work for myself and just make, you know, a little bit of money to, to support me. I wanted to make big money to support the big dreams that I have. And, and I did that, you know, I mean, it took, it took time and it took intention. It took action. And here I am now living in my dream home. I live on a lake. I love nature. It's one of my core values. I work for myself. I get to speak coach and write for a living. And it's, it's just, it's a privilege. I realize that, but a lot of it now is okay. Where am I going next? And what is it that I want to call in? And for me getting in touch with that is my, that's my own expansion. That's my own journey. And I think that there's a lot to be said for growth. I think there's also a lot to be said for just being happy with where we are and what we've created in our life. And gratitude is one of the personal practices that I write about in my book as a personal practice that transforms you into a wealthy person, the person you want to be, who has the life that you want to live. Mm. I could not agree more with that. And also with the fact that even if you make all the money, because I see this a lot too, I see women who, you know, whether they're working for a company or whether they start their own business and they do things in a certain way to generate a a massive income, but then they're realizing, oh, I still am not feeling fulfilled. I'm not feeling happy because I didn't do it in a way that was really driven from my core values, my unique vision and what I want to create for my life. So I think that comes back to what was in your bio and what we talk a lot about here is creating your life by design and allowing the financial piece and the external wealth 
more so than the internal wealth to fall in line with that and to build and maximize that so that when you get to that point of financial wealth that you've been like longing for and dreaming about, it's going to feel as good as it looks to the outside. Right. And it's like being driven. Yeah. And I know that you talk a lot about that as really having your values be the, that foundation. Um, how would you like guide someone through gaining the clarity on their values in the terms of financial, like building financial wealth? Would that be in a way of where you're saying, you know, prioritize things to spend on? Or how exactly do you use values as the foundation? And and probably there's many ways. Yes. And I think it's really important to begin any, like my coaching programs are designed I have two different programs and really there's a practical piece to money, right? Like what is the strategy? What do I actually need to be doing with my money so that I can become financially independent, which the definition of financial independence is the point when work becomes a choice because the income that you receive from sources other than a job can pay for your expenses. So we're talking about residual income and, you know, you can save your way there. You can earn your way there. You can reduce or refine your lifestyle to get there. Some people want early financial independence. So there's a practical side of it, but on the other side of it, you know, kind of going back to where do we start? It's what is your definition of financial success? Because when I got on this, let's call it an abundance journey. Now, when I really started to open up to, oh, maybe there's another path to wealth besides financial capability. So financial capability means the willingness and the discipline to put your money into, um, let's call them assets where it will grow savings accounts, retirement accounts, investments could be another stream of income. It could also be a business. And again, these are ways that I created early financial independence for myself was by investing in real estate and creating multiple streams of income. But in the beginning, it started with reducing expenses or eliminating expenses. Cause remember I was paycheck to paycheck working 60 to 70 hours a week. So there wasn't room. I didn't have the time or the energy to devote to what else can I do in my life? It was just like, how do I start from where I am? So again, this is what's so exciting to me about money is that you just start wherever you are and wherever you are is perfect. And I started by looking at, okay, what can I do today? And that's how I eliminated my debt in three years. But fast forward, you know, almost 10 years later, or, or thereabouts, I got a divorce and I had been married for 10 years and we ran a very successful business together. And my income from that business was the biggest source of income for me at the time. So not only did my marriage end, but I also had to rebuild my income, not from scratch, but mostly from scratch. And now I was a single woman, you know, thinking about, am I going to go and get a job? What am I going to do? And that's when I decided to bet on myself. I really believed in myself. I think that's important to, to ask yourself, like, are you willing to put the action behind the desire? And so at the time I hired a coach, this was the first time I had ever really invested in myself in this way. And I worked with him for a couple of years and it was awesome. I had some amazing opportunities and I learned a lot through that program. But the one thing that he never asked me was what does success look like to you? And so there there was this underlying assumption that my version of success was his version of success. And remember, this is where I got in trouble before, 
here I was living the world's version of success thinking, oh, I'm successful, but I wasn't successful then when I discovered that I had the debt. And, and so that's where it starts is let's get clear on what does financial success look like for you? Because for some people that does mean a high income, or it means Mm -hmm. having a business um, that creates, you know, sufficient revenue for you to reach the goals that you want, or it could be having your dream job. Um, It could be a different position. It could also look like um, the ability to live simply Mm. and just pay your bills each month or the ability to travel. So there are a lot of different versions of financial success. And what I've discovered about myself is that I love a simple life. I really, I'm a highly sensitive person an HSP as we call it. Mm. And so for me, my my ability to spend my time and energy on the things that refill my energetic well, so to speak, are really important. It's not like I'm trying to create a multi-million dollar business because with that comes certain actions to take. I don't want to take those actions. And you know what? That's okay. Hmm. Yeah. So just that clarity, I, to me, it comes back to the clarity around exactly what you said. Like, what is your definition of success? That should be the number one question that anybody asks and gets really clear on of what is that perfect vision for you? Like, what even is that? And getting clear on that. You mentioned something earlier too, when you're talking about working in corporate 60 to 70 hours a week and like still living paycheck to paycheck, which I completely resonate with, by the way. And it reminded me of, and also reaching that outside society's definition of success and how difficult a lot of times it is to go against that grain is like a whole nother conversation. Um, But it reminded me of this meme. I don't know if you've seen this. It was flying around social media for a while, but it's this man in a suit and he's got the, um, the dollar the dollars hanging above his head, like, um, attached, you know, to him and hanging in front and he's running towards it. And then he runs, runs, runs the clothes strip off and it, he becomes a skeleton and like falls into the grave. And it's like (laughs) so dark, but also, wow, that's what so many people are doing in terms of they're like chasing the dollar, chasing the next like income milestone, chasing that thing till the day that they die. And they're not actually really experiencing it fully and and finding that fulfillment and doing it in a way that makes them uniquely happy. Like, I love that you mentioned that to you, what's so important is to be in nature, to be living simply to, you know, have all of those things. So that's so important. Another thing that you said was the the streams of income. And I loved this because I've read about this a lot that some of the wealthiest people have, I think it's like at least eight streams of income or something like that. Um, I can't remember the exact, <laughs> exactly what it was, but having many streams of income is also a strong indicator of the ability to build wealth as well. Um, And I'm just so curious whether you want to share what those streams of income are or not, but, but also what are like for someone focusing on multiple streams of income or where to invest their money? Do you have like a top couple recommendations of where you think is the best place to invest or to create those streams of income? Oh my gosh. I have so many thoughts on that and so many ideas because I, you know, I work with a lot of people who come to me specifically for that reason. Hmm. And again, it comes back to, so let's, let's just talk about different streams of income because some are active and some are more passive. And I think it's really important to understand that there is a difference. So as an example, 
One of the first additional streams of income that I built into my company, Financial Impact, was affiliate marketing. Now, probably a lot of your listeners are quite familiar with what affiliate marketing is, but essentially, you know, you're sharing products or services that you love and you're getting paid to do that. It's kind of similar to MLM in some ways, multi-level marketing, which again, MLM and direct sales, some people love it. It's plug and play. It's a super affordable startup costs. Most companies, you're not stocking inventory. Great. That works for some people. Again, affiliate marketing, that works for some people, but others, it doesn't. But the idea behind affiliate marketing, of course, is that, you know, there's residual income. You do the the work in the beginning and then you get paid out over time. But behind the scenes, and this is what sort of gets me, let's say, down about social media is you've got so many talking heads out there saying that, you know, it's easy and overnight success to create, you know, this stream of income. But it's not true because everything requires either time, capital or energy to create. And so what's happening behind the scenes of affiliate marketing is you're building a list, which means engagement, which means connection, which means offering value to people. It means building a relationship. And this isn't something that you do overnight. So it sounds really easy and it actually is, but there's work behind it. Mm. So I think it's important to understand that. Um, Real estate is another form of um, income that I receive and you know, for me to acquire my properties took a lot of capital. And so how did I get that capital? Well, in my case, I saved it. So I was willing to live super lean, a super lean lifestyle so that I could buy an asset so that in a few years I could live a bigger lifestyle than what I was living. So there was some sacrifice there. Um, You know, some people get um, an inheritance or stock options or, Um, Maybe you win the lottery, but then it's like, what do you actually do with that money? That's capital coming into your life. You can put that in the bank, which is wonderful. I mean, this is another stream of income for people. This is why this is the definition of financial independence, which is a numerical goal. So for those who are listening, who are like, Holly, give me some, give me a tangible goal. 25 times your annual expenses equals financial independence. So if you spend $40,000 a year, your FI number is a million dollars. And I know that 40K a year is not very much, like most people are living on more than that, depending on where you live, but it's a simple number. And this is based on a lot of research on what average market returns have been over the past 100 years, how long we live, and how much we can afford to withdraw from our nest egg without outliving our money. And that's 4%. So if you've saved a million bucks, you can withdraw 4% a year without outliving your money in theory. This is a very simplistic theory, but that's a stream of residual income. If you're that person, then you might say, Hmm, I'm going to figure out how much money I need to save to reach financial independence, say by age 50 to get to my FI number. And that can be a way that you do it. Now you're not putting much energy into it. You're just pushing buttons And you're not having to put a lot of um, capital into it, except a monthly amount that's in theory going to grow. And so I love that, you know, another stream of income for me is I wrote a book. And the interesting thing about writing books is I'm, I'm so happy with the book that I wrote and the message that I'm sharing in the world. Cause I know that it's impacting lives because people email me and they say, Whoa, your book changed my life. Thank you so much. But the truth is, is that books don't sell themselves. And again, this is what you don't see on social media is people are saying, oh, write a book. You're going to be a multimillionaire. 
it can happen. Absolutely. Like money is infinite and it is a function of your vibration. And so if you're willing to sort of do those personal practices to raise your vibration and invite it into your life and then take action behind that vibration, that's how we do it. But again, you know, my book isn't making thousands of dollars a month that that could certainly happen if I was willing to put that energy into it, but I'm off living my life, you know, hiking 14ers and spending time with my partner and cooking amazing food and meditating. And that's how I choose to spend my time. Again, I'm not trying to be a multi multi-millionaire because then what? Like I'm already living the dream life. No, I love this so much. And I love, there's a couple of things here that I love, like all of it, but first off, a lot of this conversation is that wealth is simple, right? And and I love that you talk about wealth is simple, but it's not easy. And I think people confuse those two things that, oh, it's simple. So it's going to be easy and no effort. And it's not going to be challenging. It's not going to be risky. It's not going to require any hard things from me. And that doesn't mean just because it's simple, just like a lot of like business, like (laughs) coaching, a lot of those things are simple. It can be so simple, but it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You have to still show up. You have to put energy. You have to put your commitment. You have to put, you know, you have to invest into it. You have to take risks and action to do it. And so I love that you mentioned that because similarly to you, I started in, um, you know, doing affiliate marketing type things and partnered with a product company and did um, like even growing social media and getting brands, affiliate marketing with brands. It's like, you still have to put the work in behind growing a community. You have to, you have, to have people that are going to buy these things, you know, like you have to put that effort in. you have to be dedicated. You have to show up for that. And the same with um, partnering with a brand over long-term for affiliate marketing. Like I still do receive monthly income from doing absolutely nothing now from that. But there was a time where I was heavily focused on that. Mm -hmm. And I was really focused on building it up, building the clientele. And now it's like more of a passive income stream. Mm -hmm. So I love that you talked about that. You still each want, no, no matter what it is that you're building. And people think, I think a lot of times like passive income means Like somebody create me, like teach me how to create this funnel and then I'll just be making money forever. That's not how it works. Like You still have to put energy and you said that with a book too. Like you have the book. Yes, you may have, you still probably get sales here and there from the book from pretty low effort and it's a passive income stream. But if you really wanted to make it, you know, a large income stream, you would have to put energy behind it. And therefore it's not really that passive. Like you still have to show up and put energy behind it. Oh, speak sister. (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I'm so happy this came through this conversation. Um, okay. So let's see. I know you have, you talk about the golden rules of money. I would love to know like what the golden rules are and maybe we've already covered them in conversation, but what to you are the golden rules of money? Oh, well, the first golden rule of money is to earn more than you spend. And again, it's simple. We all know this, but I've actually, you know, it used to be if you I've read, of course, I've done a lot of research and read a lot of personal finance books, but I specifically say earn more than you spend in that order, because again, going back to the abundant mindset is truly we can turn our earnings on depending on how much 
energy or effort we want to put into it and, and doing the personal practices. And so, you know, if you're in a job, maybe you, you love your job and you're, you know, climbing the ladder with your career and, and it's just getting better and better. You're taking on more and more responsibility, or maybe you're in a job that you don't love. Just know that the earnings are out there. And, uh, and, and once you get very clear on what are your core values, how do you want to spend your time on your way to the earnings and what is your definition of financial success? It could be that you want to interact with people. It could be that you don't want to interact with people. Maybe you want to be on a computer. Maybe you don't want to, maybe you want to work with your hands. Maybe you just want to use your brain. So again, like getting really clear on how you want to make money, but earnings are possible for you if you're wanting to increase your earnings, whether it's personal earnings or earnings through your business. And then of course, you know, having the discipline to actually look at your money, you know, this is where my scarcity, when I was in scarcity, the only reason that things felt scarce and were scarce for me is because I wasn't looking at my money. So that's where the awareness is created. You know, awareness is the seed of transformation. Once we know where we are and we're willing to take the judgment out of it, like, you know, I had $67,000 of credit card debt. Fine. It got me where I was and, and, and it's okay. So I took the judgment piece out of it and started looking at my money each month. So that's really important. Um, so earn more than you spend is the first golden rule of money. And the second golden rule of money is pay yourself first. So what do I mean when I say that? Well, again, this was an epiphany that I had was like, oh, I'm working so hard, but all the money I'm earning is leaving my accounts just as fast as it comes in. It's like the whole point of working hard is so that I can live the life that I want to live. I come first. And I think that's especially for women, like we have to advocate for ourselves. Like nobody else is going to advocate for you except you. And so now when my money comes in, of course, I have a lot of automations and I actually teach this. So that my money immediately goes into savings accounts, investment accounts, retirement accounts. Maybe I'm overpaying some of my mortgages so that I can own those free and clear one day. And so truly I'm paying myself first and then I'm budgeting off of the money that I have left. So that's number two. And then number three is to give every dollar a purpose. Money is meant to be spent it, you know, there are really five things we can do with money. We can save it, give it, invest it, earn it, um, save it, give it, invest it, earn it and spend it. And when we don't have a plan for every one of our dollars, like every dollar really matters. Like there's more value with your dollars when you have debt, which is where I was because, you know, debt isn't bad. It's just expensive. And so that's why it's one of the very first pillars of wealth that we look at. But if you're going to make $10,000 next month, well, I want you to know today, where are you going to put all 10,000 of those dollars, you know, and I like to use 20% as sort of my, my benchmark for, it's a good number to put towards debt elimination, savings, retirement, and investment every month and the rest spend it, give it, you know, whatever you want to do, but pay yourself first. And then, and then you're free. Yes. No, I love that. Cause that was actually one of the questions that I was going to, or one of the discussion points that I wanted to bring up too, is I think that's really common in entrepreneurship, especially more towards the beginning is that women are seeing, okay, I'm making all this money, but why don't I have any, why do I still feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck? Or I still feel like I'm broke, even though I'm bringing in six figures, multi six figures, like I'm making plenty enough money that should be enough 
for me to be getting forward, but it seems to all go away. And I really think that there's these two common places that women come from with money, either I'm making it, but I still don't feel like I have anything or it's all leaving or I'm just not earning enough. Would you say that that's accurate from your experience as well? Um, And kind of those different perspectives, like I think you were just saying the pay yourself first and just paying attention to where your money's coming in. Cause I think a lot of times if people are feeling, oh, there's a lot of money coming in, I can just spend it anywhere. Like I can just let it go out everywhere to all of these different places. And that's a surefire way to be like, wait, why don't I have any money? Yeah. Well, and again, it just comes down to, you know, we're all in, again, we're all in a different place on the wealth spectrum. For some people it's, I'm not earning enough. Okay. Well, hmm. where is that coming from? Is it your systems? Is it your offerings? Is it your, um, is it your, your vibration? You know, do we need hmm. to go back and do some self-work? Do we need to do all of it? You know, all of it is good too. Um, a little bit of it here and there is also fine. There's no right or wrong way to, to play this money game. There's just what's working and what's not working. Mm. I do also believe, and I know this because I'm, I'm working with a lot of higher earners who are one or all of this combination of emotions when it comes to money, confused, ashamed, or overwhelmed Mm. because, you know, they're working so hard or they're running a super successful business but they still have, you know, 50 K of credit card debt. And it's just this on like revolving thing that they always have, mm-hmm. or they want to buy a house, but they haven't been able to, whether it's because they don't know how, or they're afraid of the process, or, um, it could be a credit issue. Like there's so many different pieces to the money game. And I feel like that's the value of a financial coach. And, you know, when I started coaching back in the mid two thousands, there were no financial coaches. People would ask me, so you're like a financial advisor? No, no, no. A financial advisor helps you invest money that you already have. A financial coach like myself helps you create more money to invest based on where you are today. Mm. And I'm so happy now that financial coaching is an industry. I'm an accredited financial counselor, which means I am actually certified as a counselor. But financial coaching is different. I've always seen myself as more of a coach. And it makes me so happy now to see that there are certifications that one can get as a financial coach. Hmm. And that's a great thing because we need that too. We need to bring all these different components of the financial landscape together, you know, and create our financial team. And I feel like that's the value that I bring and a lot of financial coaches bring to the table is, you know, how do we make the realtor, the mortgage banker, the financial advisor, the CPA, all talk to one another so that we're all on the same page. Yes. I love it. Okay. So from that place, I would love to ask for the, for our listeners who want to stay plugged in or want to see like how to work deeper with you, or just curious about learning more, where are the best places for them to find more information about your work? My website is financialimpact.com and I have a ton of free resources up there. And I'm also on Instagram at hollymorph is my handle. Amazing. Thank you so much. I have one last question before we wrap up here. What does being a wealthy and well woman mean to you? And how does that show up in your life? Mm. (sighs) Being a wealthy and well woman for me means that I get to choose how I spend my time, where I spend my money, 
who I'm spending my time with and, and what I'm doing on a daily basis. And I'm listening to my heart. My heart is my guidance. Yeah. So freedom really is what it boils down to. You're free to live exactly how you want to live. And yes, I love that. Holly, thank you so much. I've loved our conversation so, so much. And I so appreciate you coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Kat. It's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the wealthy and well woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there. And I cannot wait to connect you with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.